1948, April 21, was wedding bells and promises, and mom and dad were young. There was chipped ice in the kitchen sink, and beer for everyone. A noisy card game in the living room, when mom and dad were young. Sorry, I'm late. I have one clock in the kitchen that's like early and i'm always looking at that one i'm like oh that one's wrong so anyhow. <laughs> oh, no worries we were just talking about music yeah. <laughs> what do you think about you two i love i love you two see there we go what was the conversation the parat favel generation x podcast is powered by biscuit teas and favel fitness bringing you unique comfort and style while optimizing a healthy organic lifestyle Um, John, our producer, was asking our all-time favorite bands, and I said I always was like a punk alternative kind of person, but my all-time favorite band is like U2 from Unforgettable Fire Days, War, all like boy, all the old school U2 stuff. You know, we were just talking about that era, and I, I was in University of Delaware, and I had a kid, a roommate, and he was different than all these other guys on, on my, in my dorm and he listened to different stuff and he was going to a concert. He's all excited. And we're all like, where, where the hell are you going? And he goes, I'm going to go see you too. It was 1981 or two. It was their first tour here. Wow. We were all kind of kidding. Like, oh, you nerd. Who's you too? <laughs> you know? And he that, was on to something. <laughs> he was totally. He was on the bottom floor. They're so yeah. good in concert too. They're, I love them live. I love see, them live. That was my thing was I grew up in Colorado and I think one of their first videos, their live videos was at Red Rocks in Colorado, Sunday, wow. Bloody Sunday. Wow. So I remember we were the first, we had the satellite dish and we, you know, MTV first launched. And I remember this first live video, U2, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. I was like, they were my favorite band ever since. I was, I was in grade five. So, so you guys <laughs> agree about that, about oh, yeah. U2. I, I, I really love you too. I mean, that's the conversation started. I was kind of a Southern California punk guy, but you too had a big impact because that was one of the very first live videos I saw was, was on MTV Sunday, bloody Sunday at red rocks in yeah. Colorado. So that is really cool. And then, you know, the fact that they all grew up together, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of similar. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Beatles didn't grow up together, but to come from a little town like Liverpool, I right. mean, they, it's unbelievable they found four guys so simpatico i mean it's, it's like it's it's magic it i really mean both, is. both of them have the same type of magic and bono's is same like been with his wife forever i mean she is like, he? i didn't i didn't know if he is he still i i as far as i know he still is unless really? something happened i didn't hear about it but as of like five six years ago apparently he was talking about how just how great they work together as far That's as like amazing. yeah boy there's loyalty yeah <laughs> you know what i find neat blake is i you know doing the research your, your big musical background but getting four guys to start in a band together as it turns from band and friends into a business how they manage to mm -hmm. still in the end come out as good friends yeah, that breaks a lot of them up yeah the royalties yeah. and everything usually you know digs in but it sounds like these guys 
you know kept everything equal all the way all the way through so. probably why they made it yeah you know yeah. There, there's so many you know there's so many just just people just trying to get your money and divide mm -hmm. you up and i mean the music business is so brutal yeah it's, yeah you know, it's just terrible that the fact that there's there's still friends look at the rolling stones right 50 some years that's <laughs> really crazy I, I love them too i mean how can they not so what what type of music do you play boy it's funny it's hard to answer that so being being canadian born not born but blooded right you know i've got neil young and gordon lightfoot and Joni mm -hmm. mitchell right i love Joni mitchell but i mean i somehow later in my life I really love, I love rock and roll. I mean, I love you too. I love the Stones, mm -hmm. Chili Peppers, oh, Zeppelin. Yeah. I love everything. Zeppelin. My dad, my dad was a big music fan and he'd always sing around the house. And, and he, he said something, I mean, I always remembered. He said, he said, he called me babe because I was the baby in the family. Yeah, I was wondering where that, I was going to ask where that nickname <laughs> came from. Okay. Yeah, he said, he's yeah. babe, there's great music in every generation. And I, and I thought it was pretty insightful of him to say that because as we get older, all of us are like, nah, my generation yeah. was the best. <laughs> it's, it's not true. It just keeps, it keeps evolving. Yeah. People keep showing up and you're like, wow you know who's this yeah <laughs> that's true that is a it's a really i like that comment yeah yeah because yeah. you do you think oh music nowadays blah, blah blah you know but there is some there is incredible music in every generation you're right i like that there is there is so um before we get going you guys i'm on i looked at your your personal things pretty it's really cool what you're both doing um really really inspirational and Kim with with like the Oscar strong shirt and everything that, that must have been quite a wild ride to do that and it was incredible it's still <laughs> surreal it okay. just yeah and in a couple months time we did something as a new company that I, I still am amazed that we we pulled it off to be honest you guys worked hard though you guys were yeah we'd get five hours place. of sleep for like yeah just six just weeks just working 24 7 mailing these out and picking up shipments wow. and you know wow. and it was it was pretty wild it was worth every second but we were drained we were definitely wow. drained but yeah, it was to worth see it. all those players you know that's when i started noticing the shirt when they were and i'd be right reading like a hockey blog and all of a sudden you'd see the penguins or something yeah. standing there in the shirt I'm like wow this is this is a thing now, you know, that when the Rangers really... first reached out, they were the first team to reach out for shirts because they were playing the Flyers. And um, Jody, my business partner, I we got really emotional because obviously the, you know, with Oscar and all that, it touched our hearts and it was something important to us. So <clears throat> to see the hockey community embrace what we were doing so much so he could physically see the support as opposed to, you know, um, and when the Rangers reached out and posted that picture, it was it was really cool. And then the other team started following suit, and it was it was awesome. It was good for Oscar, and he said he's like just seeing all of that support uh, was very, was really helpful to him. Yeah, that was kind of like the yeah. billboard for the whole support for him. Yeah, you know, see Panarin wearing that shirt and yeah. those guys. I'm gonna have to send you some biscuit teas when we're done here. You have to send. Awesome. Yeah, give me your address. I'll send you some stuff. 
That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me too, you guys. So you're, this is a, this is really fun. I, I watched the Ray Shiro one because I yeah. kind of grew up with Ray and Ray's the best. He is. He's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, we, um, it's funny because I didn't really know Ray growing up. Same with you, because I just think our age differences, when you're that age, I was two when they won the cup, so I didn't know what was going on. Right, so but, I'm doing the math. You don't look You don't look the age that you're purporting to be. Well, but. 48, so... <laughs> You know, so I was a baby when they won. But, um, yeah. yeah, and then so when, when Ray came on, it's just like what Corey and I always say, this hockey community is so small, and even if you don't really know each other, there's kind of this common thread and bond and felt it immediately with Ray, and we just had had a blast. I feel like I've yeah. known Ray my whole life, which I kind of have, but, like, no, I'm no, you know. Yeah, I've always, I mean, I've always sensed, like, we're all kind of you know i mean a lot of our parents are canadian so it's kind of like this weird subculture you know and we're living well you don't live you live in ontario corey yeah i'm in st Catharines, ontario you probably fit in a little differently than we i mean we're we're kind of like this weird little culture (laughs) you know (laughs) you know like the, the ashby kids and god bless donna she uh, just yeah i know anytime i talk woman. to any of you know the children of the players or the anybody that came here from canada it's just there's this comfortable feeling yeah know? i just, I, I just like i guess we all sort of got raised in the same manner we were raised by Canadians to be Americans, you know, however yeah. that works out. Right. Definitely that makes sense. In, in a crazy and, environment, uh, you know, not yeah. typical, which it was normal yeah. to us, but to the outside world wasn't very normal. So we just share in that experience. It's hard to explain if you haven't experienced it yourself, you know. We we actually grew up in a town called Bryn Mawr. Yeah. Which was closer to the city. I love and Bryn Mawr. It's a great area. Yeah. yeah. The real estate agent just wouldn't leave my dad alone. You got to live in Bryn Mawr. I think <laughs> I think they had money. That's why I think, you know, well, there's, there's rich people in Bryn Mawr. This guy's going to coach the flyers. He didn't know. He didn't have We were driving like a used car. You yeah, know? It's a whole, it was a whole different ball game financially back then than it is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Um, I got to go, Corey, with, with you living in Colorado. Where did you live? You said you lived up in the, in the mountains? Yeah, we were up uh, about 45 minutes out of Denver, up in Evergreen, Colorado. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I was saying, and um, that's where I played, you know, a bit of my minor hockey in, in, in Denver. So, as I said, we were up in the mountains. We weren't in the city. So, it was that's pretty sur- surreal living out there. One of my favorite places. We go up above Boulder in the summer. Yep. There's a, there's a, a ranch that we stay out oh at. nice yeah I, i'd move there in a heartbeat but it's it's beautiful yeah I'm, I'm you know i've been back in a long time i still have some friends out there but I, my kids are you know older now 23 21 and 20. i want to take them back out there because they don't they don't really believe some of the stories that i tell them about uh, <laughs> li- living on a mountain in colorado they're uh you know they're, they're city kids so that's cool yeah and like I said, I used to coming back from hockey practice every day. We drove by Red Rocks, so that's when I saw the YouTube video, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I put two and two together. Like, "Oh my gosh!" That's we drive by there, and that's you know. I have so to that go watch my, that video after this. Wow. It's pretty cool, yeah, because we used to drive uh, along the the Razorback there, and we'd go 
go across. Uh, we'd always see Red Rocks. I've never been to a concert there, but I've driven by no, a million times. No, that's a bucket list right there. Go to a Red Rocks. I, yeah, I'd no, I but I'd love to. Right? You know, it's apparently they. There's a YouTube on that where you can see how they constructed the amphitheater for. for oh wow. I mean, they they literally built it out of the rocks because people wow. would go there because of the sound anyway. Like they used to yeah. have, they used to have like uh, you know orchestras play in there before there was a theater. Oh wow! Because of the acoustics, so that's how they picked that area to put the theater. Oh my in. god! Now that's on my bucket list. I didn't even yeah. know about yeah. it. Now I have yeah. to go there. Check out YouTube. That's, yeah. That's cool. but, um, <laughs> anyhow, I want to say too that. It's pretty pretty neat that the Flyers' first two expansion goalies have children doing this. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, did you guys just find each other? Or did you did you know each other? Well, or? it's funny because our dads were literally they were born the same year, two days apart. Wow. One um, the yeah. So and then Corey and I are maybe six weeks apart in age. And we didn't know each other growing up because um, when our dads were traded for each other and um, his dad yeah, went to Toronto. I wasn't born yet. So I was born in Philly. So we didn't grow up knowing each other. But like so much of the world today, we connected through uh, Facebook years back and developed a friendship through there. But we didn't know each other growing up. Yeah. So it's again, like we said, it's just that small yeah, community. Everything. We both have five kids, all very yeah. similar in age, too. So it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's ten between the two of us. So. Yeah, so it's funny. And they both have very entertaining uh, grandfathers. Yes. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep personalities. Oh yeah, <laughs> Corey. I remember. See, my dad coached the first two years, and I every once in a while he he let me go down to the practice with him. I was little, five and six. Yeah. And um, I remember your dad's dog. He had a great Dane named Hap. Yeah, after <laughs> Hap M's. Yeah. Hey, did he bring him to the uh, practices? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was bigger than me. And I love dogs. I yeah, mean, me too. This, guy was, this guy was really rambunctious. <laughs> that That is so funny because that was, yeah, Hap was our very first great Dane. Um, yeah, named after Hap M's. Was I think a, I think a couple other guys on the team. My mom was telling me. I'm not sure if it was the leeches or the other guys went out and started getting you know from the same breed. So uh, really? we ended up with two at one point, and I think two Danes was enough. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so that's so funny. You remember half because he was like, yeah, very oh, yeah. Doug. We still have his collar, you know, that's his cool. collar hanging yeah. up. So yes. that's neat. Um, it's weird what you remember from being little, you right? know. It's, Half the reason I wrote this book is I have all these memories I didn't know what to do with. Right. You know? So I started telling, you know, my dad stories of what I remembered and he was enjoying them. So my wife said, why don't you write them down and send them to your dad? Well, he was living in Florida at the time. Yeah. And I did. And he was like, he'd call me up, babe, I like that one. Write <laughs> <laughs> another. So I just, just kind of ended up just writing these memories of, of growing up in the in the flyer fishbowl, you know, you're yeah. like you guys said, you don't yeah. you don't realize as a kid that you're that you're living in some little alternate universe. You think it's normal, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's always my answer. People say, What was it like? I'm like, I didn't I didn't know any different. To me, everyone's dad was on TV or doing you're this. Right. Like there was no yeah. 
what I find neat now is those, you know, those stories that you remember and you tell now um, with social media and, and, and the availability is so many people just enjoy those little stories that we thought were yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. And that's what Kim and I always just talk. And, you know, even just the stories about growing up in Colorado, even my kids, you know, oh, yeah, that didn't really happen. It's like, well, it's not a big deal to me. I'm like, yeah, no, like it really happened. Like, you know, it, there was mountain lions and, and bears and stuff like that. You weren't worried about, you know, if your controller died on your Xbox, it was. Uh, <laughs> that's my uh, son's biggest fear. <laughs> yeah. But that's what, you know, when you said with your book and, um, I, I've skimmed through it, Kim. I know Kim has dug deep I into it. I want to read it. I sucked in yeah. every word. I just I loved it. It was just, oh, it was awesome. You. And even hearing some stories about my dad that I didn't know. And um, it was just, I loved every second of it. Yeah, it was, it was, and the, the way you write, um, it's just very uh, readable and just fun. It was a lot of, I, I loved it. I loved Thanks. it. Thanks. Yeah. It was a labor of love, I'm telling you. You can tell. I, think I sat at a Starbucks for, two years writing just and then you you read you you know and it's it's short stories for anybody who hasn't read it but it's you write one and you go oh yeah that and then and then even after i stopped writing it and put it out i thought wow why didn't i write about that yeah like everybody in the world has a has a the parade like everybody's got a story like blake listen to this one and i'm like why didn't i use that one you know like there there were so many things that I got in there, but there was a few that I forgot. Like one of them, when and this is bizarre. That do you know that Evil Knievel tried out for Keith's team in in Seattle? What? <laughs> no way! Oh, really? It was like like I was born for probably four years before we left Seattle, and I don't know what year it was. It might have been late fifties, but this guy shows up from Montana. And back then, you could just walk in, pretty much get you know, you could talk your way into a tryout. I think so. Yeah. Keith, you know, what's your name? And the guy said he wasn't evil, Knievel. He was just yeah. like you know, Joe Schwartz or something. So he says, "Well, you know, lace him up, I mean, let him practice for a while. They had a couple of games, and Evil walks into Dad's office, and he goes, well, 'Well, I'm not hearing much from you.' He goes, he goes, should I pursue a career in hockey?' Or- <laughs> Could I find something else to do with my life? He says, I think you should find something else to do. And he <laughs> and did. did. <laughs> yeah, five minutes later, he's jumping all the buses in the oh, parking yeah. lot. <laughs> oh, my God. I never knew that either. That's yeah. <laughs> We loved Evil yeah. Knievel. My brother had the little oh, action I... figure and the little ramp and everything. Oh, sure. I was going to ask, maybe... It, did it give it away when he pulled up for tryouts on his uh, his motorcycle with the uh, the red, white, and blue? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's amazing though. That's a great. Story. He actually he visited Philly. I'm not sure if the pictures in the book. It, I don't know if it, if I used it, but it's it's Ed Snyder, my dad, and Evil, and he's got the jacket on, you know, with the whole you know <laughs> Elvis Evil King Evil thing, and yeah, yeah. So they did a little catching up then. You're definitely going to have to do a part two then. And Ray's story of the parade is awesome with the naked guy jumping on the front of the bus. You know know what what that taught me was that Ray was better formed at that age than me because (laughs) I'm telling you what, man, you know, I was, I was 12 years old and I think I'm an, I think I'm a year older than Ray or maybe less. So maybe we were both 12 at the time, 
But I remember sitting in the back of the bus. My sister Tracy was there, and I remember the Heather and Danny Ashby and and their grandmother Barry's mom was there to watch over us. And so we were sitting in the back of the bus, and we're looking out. And I guess Ray was in the front of the bus. Yeah, he was. He got he got a few glimpses of some things that I don't think I could get. Right? But I saw the speakers out the back, and. I mean, at that age, I was I was like kind of shy and anxious, uh-huh. and I'm looking out, thinking, "My God, our parents are out there!" <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> two million people, freaking everybody's drunk, they're throwing stuff at the bus. Oh my God, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, and I and I, you know, I think I applaud Ray because he he seemed to take in a lot more than me. I was just kind of like, you know, I, I honestly, I'm you know, it was a that was a weird day to be 12 years old and going through. Um, but a lot of, from that day, a lot of what I remember is people telling me stories. Like one yeah. guy said, he goes, he goes, I was on Broad Street and I was with a group of kids and we were 13. And he said, Bernie's car was coming along in, in the parade and they'd run out of beer. <laughs> so I guess Bernie asked, a cop on every I guess every float car had a cop or something or at least walking with them and Bernie asked for more beer so the kid the the cop looked over and there was a a 13 year old kid standing there with a six pack like on oh my plane. god <laughs> and he says to the kid hey get over here and the kid walks over he goes give me that beer no <laughs> he like, he's gonna get busted he gives the, the guy the beer the guy tears three beers off the ring and hands them to your dad <laughs> you know like Bernie gives the, the thumbs up and then he, he, the cop throws the three on the ring back to the kid and he said now get out of here <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, I love that see another one that I never, I never heard that one before if I was your age during the parade, I would have felt like you. I would have been like, oh, really? I was I was home with my grandma because I was a t- toddler, but I would have been probably shell-shocked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I would have handled that. Yeah, I mean, two million people is... I would have been worried about my parents because I always I, was a worry. I, I would have been worried were, about them. You know, believe me, they weren't... That, they weren't worrying about much. No, or, they yeah. weren't. And I picture Ray Shiro as the guy at the front of the bus. I picture him as the guy, you know, sneaking beers and, and stealing beers and just having a great old time thinking it's, it's the best it's, time in the world. It's <laughs> funny, but Ray was shy too as a kid. He was, he? he was, and you know, getting to know him later in life like this has been really fun because he's he's such a character. Oh, he's like, so great. With him. And he, was, he was a quiet kid. He, I mean, he's... He's a pretty good wisecracker now. Like, yeah. like oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I went up to a game. He invited me and my nephew up to to New Jersey a couple of years ago, and they played Toronto. We went up with a friend of Ray's, Jim Garvey, and we we watched the game. And then after the game, we ha- we we sat around till two in the morning just telling these stories. It was so mm-hmm. much fun, and it was like such a great reconnection. You know, to get yeah. to get together, and you know, by then we both lost our parents, so it was, it was really, uh, like you're saying, it's kind of it kind of keeps the, the thread there. Yeah, with, with the flyers and the memories, and yeah. Speaking of your parents, your mom was just incredible. It just had such a warmth about her, and 
you know, you always just felt good when she was around. She was a great woman. You know, she was almost like everybody's second mom. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when, when she passed, I guess I think it's three years ago this summer, but I heard from all the Snyder kids and I didn't quite realize how close they were with her, you know, like, like as a mother, right? Of, you know, cause she was always there, always remember the, the boardroom, uh -huh. everybody, everybody calls it, I think Ray called it the director's lounge. Yeah, it was the director's parents, lounge, but they, yeah. yeah. I think my mom and dad called it the boardroom. Yeah. I yeah. always look at it now with doing this is if you want the real story, you go to the wives. The wives had all, you know, <laughs> they, they, they were there. They kind of kept control of everything. Like I said, they had the wives lounge. But yeah. when I was a kid, that's what I remembered was the wives room because there was, like you said, sandwiches, snacks, all sorts of stuff running around. Yeah. You know, Donna Ashby told me, and I didn't realize this, but, you know, and after every game, the, the meeting place was the boardroom, right? So you'd see you'd see everybody in there, but she told me years later that the players' wives were not allowed in there. Yeah, it was just for the executives or the business yeah. end of it, the, not the players. I don't think made that connection. I mean, and, and I'm sure I saw your dads, at, I, I mean, I saw players in there. I guess you just never saw the wives. That was yeah. one. Uh, yeah, it was a weird uh It's a different era. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, the Wives Lounge down at the Spectrum was was a fun little spot. I remember it <laughs> very <Okay>. clearly. <laughs> well, I took, I, I mean, look, this is how many, I'm like, we would have to take days to talk about all this stuff that I bookmarked oh. because there was just such, so many incredible stories. Like, I love how you started with, with uh, Mr. Snyder and just, the relationship that your dad had with him and how he was with you writing the book and how helpful I just um I found that really heartwarming I love how you started off with all of that so he was really helpful with you um writing yeah, the book, right? you know I mean he was he was like revered by my family so you know you got to talk to him as a kid but pretty much you would say and I said this in that story but you know, hi, Mr. Snyder, you know, you, you didn't hang around and talk to him. Right. That's so true. Yeah. But that day I did, you know, to, to just sit down and, and just, you know, and he's really intense, you know, got the eyes looking at you mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and then I, 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 I let him read the story where he scared, I, you know, I think that, it literally said he scared the shit out of some of the kids. And he says to me, he goes, oh, that's not nice. He goes, I scared you as a kid. And I said, yeah. <laughs> he goes, well, I don't still scare you, do I? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I got a little bit. <laughs> but no, nah, man, he's, he, I wish I knew him better. Yeah. You know? and, I'm, and I'm sure... I'm sure the Snyder kids could tell some stories. Oh, know? yeah. It's just, you know, maybe there's another book that I'm sure Lindy could pull that off. She's yeah, she's she... a really good storyteller. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that was like a treasure to be able to go in and talk to him. And he autographed my, I put up Jay Greenberg's 50-year book here to nice. celebrate Jay. But before yeah. that was the full spectrum. Yeah, which yeah, another I mean, great book. book. Yeah, the Bible of the Flyers. I, I had I had Ed Snyder 
sign it for me. And um, I don't traditionally say Mr. Snyder. I, I didn't grow up that way. I didn't. It's, it's, I said that in the story, too. My dad was always Eddie. You know, my mom was Eddie. So it got mm-hmm. never printed on us, but it's, you know, at this age, it's, you know, and he actually brought it up. He says he didn't really like the Mr. Snyder. Yeah. Thing after a while. So my dad called him Ed and Eddie, too. Yeah. Never, I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. yeah. But and then did you know Jay Snyder? Did you know Jay I knew well? them all. I, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, all, like, did you know him well? I, I guess I should say. They they were, you know. Jay was probably four years older than me. Jay and Craig were, you know, like if I was a freshman in high school, they were probably seniors or. Which is a big difference at that age. At that age, it was. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I I knew them, um, probably knew them more as we got older. Yeah. Um, We were kind of, it's funny, you know, they, and I don't know if I put this in the book, but they had a guy that would that would drive their family his name was um big john foreman oh yeah you did mention that in there did i, I yeah mean, john was six five i mean he looked like he could have played for the eagles mm-hmm. five two <laughs> seventy man just big black dude but just a just a sweetheart I yeah mean, totally like, but anyhow i think i think a lot of times after games he'd take them home and whereas, the, you know, that way they had a way to get home. We didn't have any way to get home except for, right. for mom and dad. So that's why we were out in the hallway with, with Ray Jean playing right. you know, yeah. ball hockey. So <laughs> we probably didn't hang out as much because of that. They, right. They, they'd get a ride home. You were probably later than us. My dad was always the last one out of the locker room. I remember being so tired. And as soon as that uh-huh. door would open, I was like hoping it was my dad and it'd be uh-huh. like someone else. And so and he's always like, cause he's so superstitious. And I guess that's one of his things. Like he was the last one to leave the locker room. I'm like, and I just want to get me home so bad. Boy, is that a Canadian thing? Superstition? Uh, yeah. Brutal. Oh, my dad's how brutal. How much did you guys live through that one? I, I mean, if I had my fork and knife crossing the table, my dad's like, eh, you know, like, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I lived all of his superstitions my daily life <laughs> yeah. at home yeah which you to put on first the whole uh, thing yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's funny we had mark howe on and he was even saying like whenever my dad would walk into the locker room when he was coaching he had to knock on the same brick at the spectrum like three times before he walked in the door yeah my dad's like crazy with it yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. know if it was just a goalie thing or what but yeah I guess it's a Canadian thing. <laughs> so did you wait with, with the wives in the in the room? Is that where you would be? Yeah, ha, yeah. So I'd be waiting with my mom, be in the a hallway, whatever. Usually, I had some kind of Barbie doll or doll with me that I was like playing with because it was all you know. Either the kids were older than me, or boys like my brothers, you know, had a different experience. So I was just always kind of playing with my dolls. I'll be, I preferred staying home with the babysitter. Because we could get McDonald's, which was a big treat because my mom would never That's get cool. us McDonald's. And, you know, stay up late and watch movies. So I preferred to be home with the babysitter <laughs> than at the game. <laughs> but We went to a lot of weekend games. And yeah. I think the week, day games, I think they pretty much tried to leave us home. Yeah, it was like Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday yeah. were like the typical game. Yeah, yeah, we stayed home on weekdays, too. Yeah. We, my mom would always do the same thing. She, They'd be getting ready to leave, and she'd get into all getting all dolled up and Keith would have a suit on and she'd say to me and 
my brother and sister, she'd say, there's something in the oven for you. She <laughs> <laughs> like four recipes, you know, and it was like, <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. And my, my brother was supposed to babysit us, and it was like, you know, whatever. Do whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> was it funny how, like, we never, like, my mom was dressed to the nines every game. Like, it wasn't like now where... Yeah, you know, they'll have jerseys on or jeans, the wives or whatever. Like you had to be dressed, dressed for to yeah. go to the games. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever get dressed and it kind of made you mad because like you hated what you had on? Oh, People all the time. Yeah. And my mom wouldn't give me an option. Like I had to wear whatever oh, yeah. she told me. Yeah, I, I had certain outfits I had to wear. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah that's another reason wear. why I probably didn't want to go to the games. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I kind of like that. When you look back, I like that. I like that. You know, it's just, it was a different era that will probably never be repeated. But like to wear a jersey, like no one wore, family members never wore jerseys, (laughs) at least around. I'm still not used to that. I still just wear normal clothes to the game. And I'm like the only guy there without a jersey, you know? Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. I got to show you this because I found this in the closet. This is from the 70s. (gasps) Oh, that's old. Yeah. Yeah. it's some weird material. They were, I think, experimenting. Yeah, you with can tell that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it feels like they made it out of like recycled water bottles or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that how would have been very uh... comfortable. But yeah. Yeah. That kept the sweat in. Help you lose a few pounds. <laughs> that's cool. I totally recognize that jersey in that era. And I think yeah. that, yeah, that, that material was. Yeah, it feels, yeah, it's not very breathable. It would have been no. very innovative <laughs> if it was used from yeah. recyclable water bottles, no. I'll tell you that much. No, I thought about wearing that to a game, and I thought, nah, it's not a good idea. Yeah, I and can't. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's weird to me. Not that there's anything, it's just weird because we didn't grow up like that. And now all, you see all the wives and the kids and all that wearing their husbands or dad's jerseys. It's just, it's just yeah. a whole different era. Yeah. But I like well, bars. Blake, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you too, is, I find it funny that the very, I think one of the very first times when I was a little bit older, when I met uh, Kim's dad, he had mentioned to me, oh, my son, you know, Bernie, he, he plays guitar because I was big and playing guitar and I loved music. And then, you know, when I was, was looking at you, music was your thing. I was like, did you play hockey? Did you have a love for hockey? What kind of drew you into the music? Like I play guitar, Bernie Jr. plays guitar, you play guitar. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know you did. That's that's yeah. <laughs> then you get it. I mean, it's you know, one of you guys said something about hockey getting in your blood with with the Ray Shiro episode. I mean, music's the same, art is the same. You yeah. Know, you gotta, you know, it's kind of like there's it's non-negotiable. You're gonna do it. So I think when when I was a kid. You know, I mean, we when we when we moved here, I'd already been skating. You know, I, mean, I was five years old, so I'd already been skating for a couple of years. You know, and and yeah. and then I started playing hockey, and I was a little ahead of the other kids. And of course, my brother was eight years older than me, Brad, and he was really good. And he he kind of stuck out. So I think it was easy on us when we got here. We started playing like red right. stuff, and, you know, and then. I played into high school, and then I think really what happened is I I sort of realized, man, I like I really like music. I really like yeah. you know, 
I, I didn't realize it at the at the time, but I like I like writing and books and junk, and yeah. it started to kind of pull me in a different direction. I think by the time I got to be a senior in high school, I've just had enough of playing, and and you know we were you know back in the well, you probably did the same thing, Corey. You, yeah. You're playing four days on a weekend, so there's not much room for anything else. You know, you're playing, you're, yeah. you're practicing a couple times mm -hmm. a week, and I kind of made the decision at the end of high school that I. I'm going to pursue other things, you know, and, and, and my dad and mom, they were cool with it. I like you know, how you put were... in the book, um, how your dad was telling you, Oh, do this, do that. The other thing is like, but if you don't want to play, you know, I won't yeah. keep, um, telling you. And it was, he was totally fine with whatever you chose where yeah. he was helping you if you wanted it. But if you wanted to do something different, he was fine with that too. It's ironic because he, you know, part of what I tried to express in the book about him was, you know, he he could look at any hockey player, and I'm not talking about pros. I'm talking about like kids I played against, and and assess the guy. And it's like, you know, so obviously he's looking at his own son, going, "Yeah, this kid's out of it." You know, by the time, you know, I just wasn't as driven as I should have been. I mean, if I had wanted to pursue it, but I mean, I remember playing in up in North Jersey and. We played, and there was a kid that was way bigger than everybody. He skated way faster, just just dominated us. So we're driving home. I said, "Dad, what do you think of that kid?" And Keith looks at me and he goes, "He's lazy." Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. He he had a gift he, um, with that. You couldn't, you couldn't fool him. You yeah. know? Yeah. Wasn't, you know, so he knew he knew I was gonna fly the coop, do something else, but he, you know. Were you already playing life. guitar at that point? Did you even pick I up was, the guitar? Okay. I think I started playing in fourth grade or something. Okay. And then what what really kind of accelerated is I mean I met my wife in tenth grade. So Oh wow. She's from eight children in an Irish family and four of them are musicians. So you know, right off the bat we were we were playing and singing together and then we ended up in a bar band and then we started writing our own songs. And so it kind of took on a life of its own. And, um, you know, whereas my, my family was hockey oriented, you know, every, well, you guys get this. Yeah. I mean, every, everything goes through the hockey funnel, everything you buy, everything you talk about. Uh -huh. and it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, <laughs> but if you have another calling to, you know, sometimes you got to, Go outside of your family. I have to stay. say something about that before I forget. I was talking to Lauren Hart. We met um, a friend of her, the a friend of hers, the other day, and I was saying what a great guy he was and how great it was to meet him because we were talking about Broadway. I'm 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 into the arts and music yeah. and writing and books and Broadway and all. That's like I love all of that. So we were talking about all of that, and I was like, it was so nice because I feel like, especially you know, with this the podcast and my business and everything and my family, there's just hockey, 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 which I love and I'm passionate about, but I have that whole other side of me that is just so, I get so drawn in. So talking about, oh, when does Broadway start back up in this and architecture, it's just, it is. When yeah. it, that's another thing when yeah. it's in your in your blood. So it's, it's so refreshing it, to talk about all of that, you know? It, it connects it too, right? So like, you know, writing and, and and the arts and stuff you got to write a book with all your dad's stories right and kim your yeah. you know your biscuit teas and, and your art well with your dad it just you know it it allows you to really give you that 
that yeah. little extra spectrum, right? So. Yeah, it was. it's fun to combine the two with biscuit teas and my drawing with hockey. You know, I was lucky enough to, and you that's, with the book, you know, to be yeah, able to awesome. integrate Are you doing it. all the illustrations on the, on the t-shirts? I do Can, all the hand drawing, yeah. yeah. I didn't even realize I could draw until I was like maybe five years ago. I I mean, I was always very artistic and read, you know, I read and drew and colored. I was very always artistic my whole life, but I didn't know I could draw like that until I was helping my daughter with the book report cover. And I was like, oh, we're losing, we're losing something Um, But, (laughs) but, um, yeah, and I was like, wow, what can I do with this? And I'm a very jeans and t-shirt kind of girl, and I love hockey, obviously, and art. So my friend Jody and I, we just kind of brought it all together, and so I feel fortunate to be able to do that. That's yeah. a nice way to use that. Yeah. So, sorry, I interrupted. So you were in the uh, middle of, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the arts and how you got into a guitar and all that. I, I, I do, uh, my brother's the same way, like he played um, goal, and he has the same name as my dad. So, you know, people were, it was hard on him. There's so no pressure, much pressure, no pressure. No, there. Yeah. <laughs> and not pressure from my dad, pressure from other people. And, um, yeah. and he's just like, I just want to do this for fun. And he really didn't have the opportunity to. He switched to D, and, but guitar is his passion. Like, passion 100% is his passion. Yes. Yeah. What's he play, electric or? Yeah, he plays the um, acoustic and yeah, yeah, he just, he loves it. He always has a guitar and is, you know, hanging across everywhere he goes. He loves it. Reminds me of like a Jack Johnson. My uh, brother? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, (laughs) We're still missing him. Yeah, I think, you know what? I think we all get lumped in with the identity of sports, but it's, you know, people are all different, right? You know, it's, it's like the one question. I've always had difficulty with was I run into people and they go, why didn't you go into hockey? Yeah. And I'm like, well, there's a, there's actually a couple of reasons. And I think that one of them is I wouldn't have naturally done it. And my, my brother probably could have, yeah. Brad. but I think back in the day when I was growing up, it was like, there was a word that nobody uses anymore. Nepotism, you know, like it was, <laughs> It was like shameful for your kids to go into the same business that you were in. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Right, it does. Yeah, it yeah. Ridiculous. but that was there then. It was. It was. I think. I think my dad looked at what he did and he realized, man, this is this has been a hard way to make a living. My kid, there's got to be an easier way for these guys to make a living. So I think that's he kind of sold us that notion. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 it is crazy how it's different generation to generation. Just in the growing up in that world, it's all connected, but it's still like we've said a few times today. It's just it's different, it, 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 like everything else evolves. That has yeah. too. But yeah, well, like I said back then, you know, a lot of the guys played for the love of the game, and you know, they didn't they didn't have the salaries like they do yeah. today, right? And so. we're not all the Hal family, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Cross, didn't he, Corey? Yeah. Yeah. And that was. Did he play in the summer for for money? Did he play pro? He. They never. I don't think they played for money. I think it was you know everything was paid for, but they didn't. They played because they loved lacrosse. Like my dad mm-hmm. was playing, you know, pro. I think it carried over into he was playing in the NHL and playing in the NLL. Really. Wow. And you know sometimes play games in the same day, but. It was all for the love of the sport. Like he just 
Right? Well, it was same and with hockey back then. I mean, they weren't getting paid much. Those guys were playing no. for passion, no. not for money. You no. know? Yeah, like, yeah. No, it, it, it is. And like I said, it, you see how the games change, the money's change, the times change. And I bet you the, the family lives have changed as well, right? Like, you know, players get traded so much now, you know, um, yeah. you get, you guys are still in the same city. I, you know, like I lived in a couple different towns, you, you know, parent gets traded and nowadays they just trade players around so much. It's, <clears throat> you can picture the wives and the kids are, you know, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. It's tough being away. Yeah. Kids, it's easy so when it's, they're little cause, but once kids are in school, know. you know, I had that realization right in the book, like, well, my, my dad was the guy that decided when somebody had to go, you know, was, yeah. he had to get something for him. He was 32 and he had mm -hmm. to, you know, and so it must have been hard, but that's kind of what he was built. He, Keith was cut out of that material. He was, he could make a hard decision mm -hmm. and then stay friends with somebody. And it's like, I, I saw these guys come back. We had a house in Beach Haven. In fact, there's, there's a, there's a, story in the book about yeah i was just gonna i'm picturing I, the story as you're talking about it yeah sorry but i was just i just left beach haven like two days ago did you really yeah yeah, yeah. I, I we grew up going down to the shore down there in, in the summers really? and then yeah so i was just down there for a couple of days so okay. anyway sorry go ahead go ahead they um they had a place in the middle of the island yeah ended up sandy actually ruined the house but it hurricane sandy um but no the, the players would come down in the summer to these parties and mostly the if they had a party it'd be like you know they were doing something for keith's you know 30th year with the team or whatever but all these guys show up that he traded and they they would just stand around and just just you know it was kind of like an alpha male thing like giving each other shit and, you know <laughs> who's, who's the tough toughest of the two and, and but they all i don't know they all seem the fact to, that they went shows respect right there because why would I mean, they, if you know? look at the pictures in the in the story in the book yeah there's great pictures you know, he's, in he's here talking to mcleish and he used to love to needle ricky you know you're gonna love it in detroit you know <laughs> <laughs> you know so, yeah. just, i think my dad was part of that trade where you guys went on and won two stanley cups and i've I don't think my yeah. dad's ever had an ill word to say or ill feelings towards any one of the flyers. You know, it's a business and, you know, he knows, yeah. you know, that was, you know, a pivotal trade and Bernie went and they won two cups. So he's never, you know, maybe a little different now, but back then guys got traded and stuff. They were still best friends. Well, they were still buddies and, you know, it's a small family, right? And isn't that the irony of the three of us sitting here, you know, like right. my, dad, <laughs> my dad traded both of your, Dads. Yeah. Yeah. And it's them for each other. Yeah. You know? And, and they've um, been together, goalie partners, yeah. for years. Yes. So that was the yeah. first time they were same, actually. What, same junior? Well, junior? They were in Oklahoma. Yeah. And... Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Niagara Falls? In, yeah. In, yeah. And yeah. Then so, yeah, well, they had quite a bit of history. I remember my dad, I think I might have asked him. I had, a, I had a story that I didn't put in the book. It ended up to be too long. It was like five times longer than every. Right. And it was about his goalies. Well, oh, I'd like and, and, to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely want to hear it. Yeah. So <laughs> I would ask him about, you know, Bernie and Dougie, and, and then and then further down the road, like Pelly and Hexall, yeah. you know. And so 
I had asked him, you know, early on, like the first when he was coaching, I said, how, how did you decide which one of those guys to play? You know, because they were very similar. I mean, not similar in style. I think Ray said this well. But in ability, I mean, if you look at their numbers, they're mm-hmm. not much different, you know. Yeah. And I think at that point, my dad said, well, he goes, I didn't know which one to play. He goes, I was basically flipping a coin. He goes, I, mm. <laughs> either one of them had the capability of going in and <laughs> lights out, or I might have to, you know, pull them and get the other guy. Right. And they were really young, right? You know, they were, they were so young and which is why I think the Flyers drafted them because they liked the thought of, you know, bringing in these two young goalies that weren't have an easy time climbing the ladder in Boston. Right. So it was probably uh, two good picks. Yeah, and I've, in the book you put that he said one of the worst, uh, or not worst, most unpopular trades was when he traded my dad to Toronto. They killed yeah. him. I, I, did you see the picture, the, 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 the sign they put up yeah. in the book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see where that picture is. <laughs> so, and they left it up. Like, like back then, if there was a sign that like the fans liked or the security guards, it was too much they, of a pain in the butt to hit, take them down. They'd leave them up. I'm missing all the signs and <laughs> hanging from the rafters and everything. I missed the that. The sign was up for two weeks. He's driving the game and he's like, oh, God, it's still there. Eric, I don't know yeah. if you can see it. Where's the camera? Is that that's the one there, the Judas one? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the sign oh, said... Wow. Uh, Judas, Benedict Arnold, and Keith Allen. <laughs> but, That's funny. But you uh, can but see it ended how... up being such a great trade because, you know, put all the pieces together, too. Really weird, though. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know, it took, it took Rick McLeish a year, probably a year and a half. And then he scored 50 goals, so it kind of validated it. But up till then, I think... I think Ed Snyder was getting a little nervous. You know, I think he's like, Keith, trading for. Remember, you traded Bernie for him. You know, yeah. yeah. And then he, then McLeish got it together, and um, like everybody knows, I mean, Bernie, I think being able to play with Jacques Plant, you know, oh for sure, yeah, that changed his being, career. Having a guy like that just dial dial you in. I mean. And that was his yeah. hero, you know, so he, to work with yeah. him. I, I, and, and didn't he live next door to his sister or his something? His brother. Yeah, sister. Brother. His sister. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right That's next crazy. door. Yeah, That's I remember cool. going up to visit, you know, the house he grew up in and like, and they were really close. <laughs> but, That's amazing. Yeah, isn't That's, that crazy? It's amazing. You know, like in hockey, you, you'll hear people not you know somebody like scotty bowman or somebody that you know you wouldn't think would be flyer centric or whatever and i'm not saying scotty said this but i've heard people say the two years bernie played after he came back from toronto might be the two best years an nhl goalie ever had he won the con smythe both years you know i think he won the vesna at least mm-hmm. one year. he won both both won years both. Mm-hmm. Won the cup both years. I mean, that was it was surreal. It was yeah. it was crazy. But I so. do feel like your dad trading him to Toronto to Toronto yeah. and him working that that mm-hmm. actually bettered his career and it all 
it was it worked I'd like out to say that to. Keith did that on purpose. Keith knew what he was doing. <laughs> he, he knew what he was planned. doing. <laughs> he did. He was a smart man. I yeah. Honestly, you know, you know what yeah. he said to me, and I he probably didn't say this in public. I I asked. I said, Dad, why the why the hell did you trade Bernie? And it was when I was writing the book. Mm-hmm. And he says, Well, he goes, I couldn't trade Clarky. <laughs> Bernie was the only thing we had that was worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> you look at 1973. I mean, you know, we had we had Barber, we had we had a lot of good players. I think I think he was swinging for the fences. He knew he knew he needed a score, right? You know, and he knew that if when Bernie left, he had Dougie, right? You know, yeah. So. Yeah, and then it worked out the way it worked out, but it, it just was a it was it was it was a calculated risk. <laughs> yeah, sure. my, my well, dad always joked that he went with youth. That my dad was two years younger. He's two so years he younger. Went so. with youth, and then like well, that, that came by, that came back to bite him in the ass. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because Bernie, when he went to Toronto, yeah, Jacques Plant there, and you know when my dad went, I think it was uh, Dunk Wilson, and yeah, I'm not even sure who else, but um, yeah, no, that was. You know, when Bernie came back, now that we have video and YouTube and um, a guy, Paul Patskow, who has a lot of footage, you get to watch that sort of stuff. And that's where I watch back. And I realize that a goalie can change a series. And, you know, Bernie, now that you can see, is like, man, he really, you know, he he won those cups. He, he stood on his head. That's why I look at Montreal and Carey Price nowadays. I was just going like, to say, it, Price it, got it, them it, into the second round. They, now they've they, taken over and doing their own yeah, work. Yeah. But Even Hextall yeah. did it the one year. They came so close, and Hextall was just a key. You run into a hot goalie, it can totally change the series. And yeah. like I said, I, I love seeing the video now where, you know, there's so much available. It's so neat to watch yeah. back. And it gives confidence to the rest of the team. And, I mean, it just can trickle all the way down when you have it's a hot so goalie. Profound. Yeah. It's so, yeah. And it I, goes I the other way, too. If you have a goalie that's not yeah. at the top of his game and then you lose confidence yeah. in front, you know, it trickles down, too. So it's a lot of – it's a high-pressure yeah. possession. Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. picture out there after the handshake with Toronto and Montreal and Austin Matthews is shaking Carey Price's hand and he's – just the look in his eye. He's look. He's looking at Carey Price like, you just you just killed us. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. There's no, and it was admiration. Yeah. You know? That that yeah. Angry, man. Is there anything like that in sports? No. You know? No hockey's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um, speaking of my dad, I'm going off in a little different tangent. I love the story about um, his pads. That you <laughs> tell everybody that story. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. I want to hear that. So, growing up, and, and Corey, you probably acquired plenty of used, stinky hockey equipment. Yeah, from, boy, is it stinky. Right? Man. So, my dad used to bring home hockey equipment, and he'd, you know, my mom and dad would be having their evening drink, and he'd just mention, there's some stuff in the car for you little monkeys. <laughs> my dad would pop the hood and there'd be like Clark shoulder pads and a helmet and a couple of sticks that are fraying. And, and you know, that was every once in a while. And then that became our uniform. My brother and my Brad, as we got older, tall enough to use this stuff, we started just having these ridiculous looking uniforms. I literally had... I literally had Ed Van Imp's jock strap. 
I did. I had <laughs> did a Carly's shoulder pad, <laughs> Joe Watson's gloves. I looked ridiculous. I think there's a picture in the book. I mean, it, but anyhow, one day he says, I got something special for you guys in, in the car. So me and my sister ran down and popped the hood and it didn't smell as flame stinky. It smelled <laughs> like leather and it was Bernie's pads. And wow. it was back in the day, you guys probably know this, but I think there was one builder, was it Kineski maybe? Kineski, yeah, in Hamilton here, yeah. So yeah. when you made it big, if you got into the NHL, you're a goalie. The first thing you did was you had Kineski make you yeah. pads. So here's a pair of Hall of Fame Kineski leather pads. We haul them out of the trunk and start playing street hockey immediately. <laughs> And then the next day we're down in the cul-de-sac showing off these pads. We destroyed these pads. We just like, you know. Which is a collector's heartbreak right well, there. That's what I'm saying. Same, same, same story, um, Blake, was when we played road hockey. We went into the bin, lifted it up. And I'm telling you, we pulled out Clark sticks, leech. Like, and the glove, the one glove we had said Perrant. But it had marker and it was like scratched off. So it was actually Bernie's trapper at one point. Wow. And yeah. And I remember I had a pair of Kineski pads. I, I'm not sure who owned them, but they were handmade Kineski pads. Sure enough. Yeah. Right in the driveway, stuffing all over. You know, we've got road hockey in them. And now today with collectors, like I said, those pads, oh, uh, they'd be worth millions. Like, yeah, it'd be crazy. Hard, yeah. You know, and we just, Oh, I don't know. Like you said, the Clark shoulder pad stuff. I, that was just, you know, stuff that was, you know, cool to throw on and play in the street. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that, people yeah. that, that aren't living in sports, like with their, whatever the parents or, or husband or wife or understand the amount of swag that builds up in these households. I mean, uh -huh. stuff that you have to, like when my mom and dad moved out of their house in Bryn Mawr, we had to go through like the attics and then, and then when they moved out of the shore down in Beach Haven, same thing. And just, you know, I brought some stuff downstairs. Oh, you. good. This See. guy, this was in the seventies. This is after Keith was known as Keith the Thief. He, he builds this doll. <laughs> and he, used, he actually asked Keith. He said, can you, can you send me one of your suits that you don't use anymore? So no. this is like one of Keith's. It's made out of his suit. But he built this. Oh, so this doll sat like in our basement for years. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would watch over you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We Here's another. I, I have to show you this. This, this was at the Shore House forever. So this, oh, nice. Oh wow. Seventy-four, seventy-five. This was burning stick. Now the the tape here is all the guys signing. Yeah. It's hard to see it, but it's every guy. Yeah, no, we could see it. Great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and that's it's, very cool. So brand new, and it's, it's actually wood. So. Yeah, the old wood wow. sticks. So that was down at the Shore House? That was at the Shore. Now, one thing I never knew my dad had, and I was going through the stuff. Check this out. This is, he got this. Oh, yeah, there's a picture of that book. That is cool. Oh, wow. So he played for the Red Wings. That is really cool. And won a cup with them, and, <clears throat> and he got the jacket. So, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're the kind of little treasures that that you hold on to. But like you said, we get so much stuff. I mean, people would send us paintings or, like you said, dolls or whatever. And if we had so much Freddie Flyer stuff, we probably could have. You know, like, <laughs> Corey and I joke, we had sure, dolls, yeah. ashtrays, pillows, you name it. But, yeah, yeah I mean, this, it does build up, you know. But, yeah, you know, some stuff. Eat tasty cakes after. I heard you guys talking yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I literally got to a point where I. Couldn't eat them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had so many. I take them to school and trade them for stuff. Yeah, you know? they were good. Yeah. Uh, trading grandma. We like a, I might have mentioned it in Ray's episode. My mom bought a standing freezer, like a full freezer, to store <laughs> all of the tasty because we have so <laughs> many tasty cakes, and she didn't want them to go bad, so we just stocked them in the freezer. So and by many. the way, I think I think I had a crush on your mom too. You did. Yeah. All right, let's keep this going. Let's see how many we can get. Yeah. It's three for three because there's Joe Cadillac too. Oh, uh, and the whole the whole yeah. chapter on Joe. Yeah. Who I mean, which he was good about. I didn't know how Joe would react to that, but he was he was he liked it. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that either, but <laughs> but uh, I just. I, I wasn't sure if I had the story right when I first said it. And I'm like, I better double check with my mom. And she was like, yeah. yeah. She's like, let, let, let everyone, we weren't dating. We just went together to the party. I don't want her to, oh, you really? know. She didn't want anyone yeah. to think that she like broke up yeah. with a boyfriend for my dad or anything. So. But that's <laughs> where she met your dad? Met he, They went to a Flyers Christmas party together. She went with Joe and met my dad at that party. Yeah. So Joe's See, that is so typical Joe. He's, right? He facilitates everything. He does. Know? He's the magic man behind the scenes. Yeah, really <laughs> so I love that he that he keeps coming up. That's and what's I, so great about the Flyers history is all these guys just, you know, they're had such an impact on the team. And even to this day, from sixty seven to now, mm-hmm. is you know, they're still Joe's and, still doing and his he thing. did so much that we probably will never yeah. even know about like he just and he did everything with ease and class yeah. and he always looked perfect and he was just so calm and collected Isn't that true i just but the I, stuff he had to do and handle you would never know like he just was so cool yeah maybe yeah. joe met, maybe joe met his wife at that party we don't know we yeah have to move I'll on. Say, ask joe. <laughs> <laughs> But I like in the book, too, how you did the Cadillac or Cadillac and how I always thought it was Cadillac. And you're like, oh, my God, it's Cadillac with a K, Cadillac. (laughs) Because that's so true. I think probably everyone thought that at some point. His son, Joey, told me that he has the same problem in life. So it's it's a continuing thing. I'm sure. You probably just because I get parent all the time. Kim parent. Half the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not well, there's, as, a, there's a musician called Kim Parent. Yeah. She's, so she, and she went to University of Delaware. I I didn't know her, but she's still she's in Nashville. I didn't. Re- I knew she was in Nashville. I didn't realize she went to University of Delaware. My brother yeah. went there too, by the way. Yeah. But oh, and really? there's my my old married name was Snyder, and there's a Kim Snyder that's famous for something too. I'm like, there's both wow. of my names out there. Another <laughs> irony. Yeah, yeah, uh, Snyder, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because my daughter's dating a guy named with his la- right now, and his last name is Clark. I'm like, wow. you know, we just can't escape it. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Yeah. You got to get Bobby Clark on this. Yes, I know. I have to. Mm-hmm. I have to reach out and get him on, for sure. He's his on our stories, list. He's got amazing stories. He's uh, just, yeah. 
Yeah, he's one of those people, too. And he still calls me Kimmy and Joe. Like, all those guys still call me Kimmy. And, like, I hope they always do. Because it's just... You know, you just feel like a little kid again when you're around them just because that's your, how you grow your up. Your dad always cracks me up like I'll run into him. I think I ran into him last at, at Ed Snyder's, the, the ceremony mm-hmm. they had for him when he passed. And I'm, I'm standing there in a suit and your dad walks over and he's kind of giving, he's looking at me trying to figure, and then he realizes it's, he's me, it's uh-huh. me. He, he kind of goes, oh, <laughs> You look great. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised I'm not still six. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, you know, he kind of has it imprinted on his brain that little blink, you know? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's how I feel with those guys. They all still think for, like, they look at us as kids yeah. still, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were always Mr. Like, you know, I mean, now it's older because, like, I'm friendly with the Barber family, the Clarks. I don't say Mr. Barber. It's Billy now or, Billy. like, some of the guys. Billy. But it was, growing up, it was always Mr. and Mrs. Always. So, yeah, just always we seem. Were the same thing. Yeah. 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 Who else? Oh, you know what I wrote down on here, which I thought was really interesting and I didn't know anything about, is the whole Eddie Shore. Yeah. Do you know oh, that name, dad, Corey? Did your dad tell him to, you know. He sent him down or something, wasn't it? Well, just the type of guy he was, yeah. and the thing like the thing about like when you look at that expansion draft in '67, which is you know why we're all here doing right. this because the Flyers were created. There were six teams, the original six, and then the league doubled, so double the amount of guys could play in the NHL. To play in the NHL prior to that. You almost had to be an all-star. You look, go look, go back and look at those teams that Canadians and Detroit and every guy's an all-star. And because six times 20, right. about 120 guys played in the league. So there was a lot of people stuck in the minor leagues, and my dad was one of them. You know, he he was a good player. Uh raised dad, same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. He played a long time in, in the minors. Um but as fate would have it, my dad ended up um, playing for a team that Eddie Shore both owned and coached. And Eddie Shore um, was a really, really brutal player. I mean, old-time hockey times, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's it's in the story, you know, some of the things he did to other guys. And he was a pretty ruthless player. So as a coach, he kind of was the same way. But... He was also really cheap, so he would he would not play pay the players until like five o'clock on Friday because he knew they couldn't get to the bank and the banks were open all the yeah. <laughs> They wouldn't have any money, you know. And my dad played for him for ten years. So if if you got scratched and you're playing for Eddie Shore, he'd make you go up in the stands and sell programs. Jeez. Like can you imagine that now? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, these guys probably wanted to kill him. They, he had a goalie that used to flop. You know, he he'd go down butterfly like they they like all do now. Yeah. In that that era, they were encouraged to stand up. You know, and this kid would like to flop, and said, "Shore said, I'll teach you." And he took a he took literally took a noose and put it around the kids. And, 
neck and tied it to the crossbar. So if the kid went down, you know, yeah, he'd hang himself. Could you even imagine, like it, that thought? Even let alone that happening nowadays. Even the thought of it, you know. Yeah. Oh. Well, even then, it had to be. I mean, jeez. Old, old time hockey, isn't that like they, they always say that in Slapshot? Old time hockey, right? Eddie Shore, Eddie Shore, old time hockey. Yeah, I think one irony in that is that, you know, I think to build the bullies it was an asset for Keith, you know, yeah. he saw that whole era. He right. saw, he, you know, and I wrote this in the book, but he saw why guys were stuck in the minors, you know, and he yeah. actually ended up in the NHL and he's, and he's skating with Gordy Howe and Del Vecchio and these guys. And he's looking, you know, so I think, I think it gave him a good comparison. Right. I think, you know, he's down in the minors and he's like, well, this guy's pretty good. Why is not, why is he not up there? You know? And then he kind of figured out it's too slow or he's, he's, you know, he's, he's yeah. not aggressive enough or so. I think it really dialed him into what, what would make a successful player and a unit as a team, you know, character was his thing. Yeah. He just loved, I heard a guy on hockey. Uh, what is it? That's a cable hockey channel on the radio. Describe somebody as somebody that hates to lose more than they love to win. And I think that's what Keith built. I think that's he that's those are the guys he loved, you know, right. the Clarkies and the Yeah. Don't don't want to lose, you know. So Well again, like with my dad's trade, how that affected the rest of his career, your dad being in those minor leagues for ten years, you know, everything seems to always have its purpose when you look back. Yeah, yeah, you know that. And he, that. your dad had those first two years uh, in '67 and '60 uh, in Philly. They had a really successful expansion team. Like I think they made the playoffs mm -hmm. the first two years as an expansion team. They did. So your dad really knew, you know, what. Here's all these guys with the expansion that there was a lot of good players in those minors. Yeah. Your dad yeah. had good knowledge of that. And I think, you know, that might have been, you know, key to his success. It was, you know, it definitely helped. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, and he never forgot if he, if he saw a guy that was like, eh, he'd see something in him, he, he would go back after him. Like Barry Ashby. Yeah. Barry wasn't drafted in that amateur, or, or I'm sorry, the expansion draft because he had a bad back and all these, yeah. Teams thought, well, he's he's damaged goods. He's already in his thirties, and and Keith, you know, remembered that he's really competitive, and that's when he tra when he traded for him. I always think that that you know that kind of set a trend. I mean, this is the kind of guy that we want to yeah. come in here. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to act like that, you're not going to be you're not going to be here. Yeah. And I I think I've heard Bobby Clark say that too. You know. Yeah. You know, no room for somebody that was going to take every other game off. You know, you were. Yeah. And he fought for Leach, too, right? Was that another one that he was yeah. like, I have and to have? He, and Leach, Leach played junior with, with Bobby Clark, and their numbers were just incredible. And my dad just wouldn't let it go. I mean, and there's, there's a story in the book that <laughs> honestly felt like every weekend he was calling. First, it was the Boston Bruins, and then Boston traded leech to the california golden seals so then dad started calling the golden seals and 
And when he finally got him, it was like a celebration at our house. (laughs) Another guy that was a sniper, you know, I think Bill Flitt had just ended his career and we needed a guy to score. And, and that was what a home run. Yeah. That trade was. And who else was in that? It was um, Mark Howe, right? Mark Howe. Was another big one that he uh, got for My dad used to have yellow legal pads all over the house. I mean, he'd use these blue felt pens and he, we'd see him sitting there scribbling away and we'd go over after he was done and we'd see if there was a new name on the list. (laughs) Because if there was, and then he was going to try to trade. Right. So we started seeing how on the list, you know, in the defensive, this would have been late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, dad's losing it. He wants to bring back Gordy, you know, <laughs> although Gordy was still playing, I think, you know, but it was Mark how that, that he was looking at and Mark is probably one of the best players that ever played for the flyers yeah you know? for sure just and they're down in lbi too so they uh, are yeah they gordy used to come to town and stay with mark and his family and they'd go out and they'd go cra- clamming yeah, on the boat and they would just show up at the front door with this like basket of clams for my dad because he loved <laughs> eating them raw yeah. he wouldn't even talk <laughs> and then they'd come in and talk and stuff and I think there's there's a picture in the book of that, that that when they stopped over, yeah, um, when Hurricane Sandy hit their house in 2012, we're right we were right on the bay, so it really destroyed the house. And Mark Howe called us and said, "I'm down on the island. I got a bunch of friends. Um, just tell us where a key is, and we'll come and we'll clear the whole house out for you." Oh wow! Imagine that. Just and he meant it, you know. Not surprised the type of person he is. I'm not surprised. It's true. Yeah, that would take two days, and it's not easier. Tearing appliances out and yeah, and he meant it. Yeah, good people. We got a whole list of them from that crew. A whole list of them. Let me see what else so I got. Nickname. All I'm just writing all these things that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, what was I love? I love how when you wrote about my dad when my dad was speaking, how you like spelled out my dad's accent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And I there was the one that I thought was funny. Was it was it um, Corey's dad that was in and they scored six goals on him? And they looked down at my dad and my dad said I acted like I didn't. Uh, I didn't know he was talking to me, so I put my head down. Him and Joe Watson visited my dad in the assisted living. Yes, I remember that. that Mm -hmm. We're playing uh, Chicago. (laughs) We're down late, nothing, and I'm on the bench, and Keith yelled down, you get in there now. I said, no, Keith, I'm not getting (laughs) Yeah, he said. Get in there now. <laughs> and then they scored another six goals on my dad, right? They ended up 12 nothing yeah. or something. You know, the, the joke was what you guys said was raised. Nobody wanted to get hit with whole shot. I love that. Put yeah, my head down and pretending like I didn't hear him. <laughs> that day did the greatest thing like my dad ended up with dementia mm-hmm. like, towards 90 
So I'm going to think he was like 89 and your dad and Joe, Kim, your dad, Bernie and Joe Watson came to visit him and they walked into the room and I was with my dad already. And so the doors open and they come into the unit my dad was in and my dad, you know, at that point didn't recognize everybody, but ironically he, he would recognize anybody with the flyers like us, his family, or anybody with the flyers, and he'd light up. So when Joe and Bernie come in, I'm watching him to see, you know, when's the light going to come on? And he looks at Joe because he'd seen Joe a bunch of times, and then he looks, he's staring at Bernie. And I think your dad realized maybe it's been a little while since he's seen me. See, he comes, your dad comes up and gets gets down a crouch, and he goes, Keith. And he, and he throws out the door. <laughs> Ken Hodge save. He goes, yeah. we win the cup. <laughs> did the light go on then? <laughs> and then my dad goes, he goes, we did it. Yeah. It's like that's this awesome. bonding moment. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Oh, well, again, great. as we speak of the bond, the connection just from those guys and how many of those guys ended up staying in the area and just staying with the Flyers. And we had um, Ian LaPerrier. Why am I saying LaPerrier? Lappy. We had Lappy on. I'm known for pronouncing words wrong all the time, so just ignore me. But um, <laughs> So we had Lappy on and how he stayed in Keith Jones and, and their guys that only played here for a year or two. So it just goes to show about this yeah. Philly and the team and the organization and just how incredible it is. It is. It's 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 a great family. It's always been a family, you know, like the Flyer mm-hmm. family. That that's like a term. And Philly's a great area. I mean, just the culture here is yeah. it's, it's you know, I think we're a little spoiled, maybe, you know. Like yeah. A, and we're so um, close. To, you know, we're close to the beach, yeah. to, to New York, yeah. to Washington. It is a great area. Yeah. The other thing about that is, and I think I read it in Jay Greenberg's, one of his books, is that I think Fred Shearer told the players that they should consider living here. And that, I think, was a novel thought to them because a lot, a lot of the players would go back to Canada in the summers. So I think a few of them started to buy houses here. And, mm-hmm. you know, and live here yeah growing up we rarely like i mean we spent our whole summer down the shore we'd go home we'd go do a visit to montreal but we spent our our summers down in the jersey shore so my dad immediately but again my mom was a jersey girl too so i'm sure that played a part in it but can i tell you one bernie story that i please oh yes (laughs) everybody i know has a bernie story yeah i mean i just (laughs) Because they know who my dad is, most people that I knew. Right. And one guy, I think he was at the gym I go to, and he says, he goes, I saw Bernie last weekend at the shore. And he goes, he says, I was at, I was with my wife, and we were talking to Bernie, and and my wife asked, do you still have the boat? And Bernie goes, oh, yeah, we still have the boat. And, and he goes, you should come by and see it sometime. <laughs> and and the husband says, we'd love to, Bernie. <laughs> and he says, no, 
not you, just her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he probably did a big laugh and just kidding, buddy. And yeah. <laughs> my daughter met him at a game and she said, Dad, I got a hug from Bernie. Said, hey, don't feel like the Lone Ranger there. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, we love, I think you need to come out with a part two because this was so good anyone that is listening or watching is honestly it's just it's such a a great read and i think you did such a great job with it i really loved it thanks you guys for having me on and this is this was a lot as i knew it would be a lot of fun this is great we're gonna have to yourself myself and bernie jr we'll have to meet somewhere down on the shore and get our guitars together we'll have to come up uh, what kind of stuff do you do I, I play anything right now. I'm just, you know, I, I came out of um, playing in the band and the music. I was doing some uh, commercial jingles. So once I, I left that, kind of left everything in the studio, walked away, and I have my acoustic guitar. So that's that's basically uh, what I'm playing these days. So Bernie's well, uh, more like he, Bernie's a very Stones, um, Zeppelin, you know, all that old rock. Yeah. That's his, yeah. 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 His favorite. I'm just campfire tunes now. That's all I am. That's Neil yeah. Young, Neil Young, Stomp and Tom. That's that's, that's, that's Canadian Asian get. Place to be. Yeah. Isn't there a, a band called the Sheepdogs in Saskatoon now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Sheepdogs. Yeah, yeah. They were. Uh, yeah. So. Do you play anywhere, Blake? I guess when COVID came along, it kind of yeah stopped what like I was everything. doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have the original band with my wife Molly's family and then i do some stuff on my own but i i i continue to record i i do have my own studio so i um i do i do that it's something that i probably always do it i love writing and i love i love the process of songwriting right puzzle making you know so yeah um so if i have one hockey oriented song that and i could send it if if you want to see it but it's absolutely pictures of my mom and dad throughout the whole arc of their hockey career. Oh wow. It's called When Mom and Dad Were Young. Oh, I want to hear it. It ends with it ends with them winning the cup and with Gene Hart in the background. Oh, please send that. I want to hear it. I, uh, it sounds I asked, awesome. I Lauren, I, go ahead. I, I asked Lauren, I said, Are you cool with me using it? She goes, No, no, do it. So <laughs> so Gene's in there. I think I listened to it this morning um is it is it on youtube is there a clip of it on youtube there's a, there's a clip on youtube without the video but then there's a video with all of the home photos because oh, i found I one it had that. great photos in it it was and that it was, was it and that yeah. Was, used, yeah you had a capo on there you used the capo for that one yeah i think that yeah. was it was a 12 string good call hey, okay that's it yeah no i was i was blown away i'm like that's that that was cool. So yeah, I'll have to get the full version. If you have the full version of that, um, send, send it over to Kim. I will. I will. And, and I'm um, going to have Bernie um, re- touch base with you too because he's always, you know, looking for guys to play with and stuff. So I'm going to have him uh, reach out to you no, if that's definitely. okay. Yeah. Tell him. Tell him and, and send me anything you're doing too, Corey. Yeah, definitely. And thanks so much for taking the time to come on. And like I said, I'm going to, you know, we definitely should have a part two of this. And uh, once I get through that book, like Kim said, uh, 
maybe maybe there should be a part two of the book as well. So yeah. do you want me to send you one? No, yeah, I'm going to buy it. I found it on Amazon. It's on it. No, let I'll... me order. No, let me order. Well, okay. I want to order it and buy it. Don't send me one. Uh, what I'll do <laughs> is I'll probably, you know, maybe I'll send send you one when I get it. If you could sign it for me, that would be amazing. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Blake, real quick, out of uh, out of pure curiosity, what is your connection to Bumble Root Farms? Is that the same one outside of Portland, Maine? How did you know that? Your shirt. Uh, my okay. So I'm an your shirt. I'm an, yeah, it's on your shirt, and I, yeah. I mean, it's been. I was just like, I wonder if that's Justin's farm. So I have. I, I there's probably like two degrees of separation, but I grew up with a kid in Iowa that I believe now runs that farm. No. Yeah. And what's his name? Justin. Um, God, I can't remember that's his last him, name. Because my daughter works for him. Oh, that, oh, no kidding. What a small, yes. That would be a really weird uh, small world. Wow, I forget his last name, but I'll have to look him up. <laughs> that's crazy. Justin, uh, I have Justin Fields in my head. I know that's not right because that's the quarterback just got yeah. drafted. But Justin something. I think it's an F. Oh, wow. that's I know. I have to find out. What a small wow. world again. That's John, crazy. give me your email. I'll send you, I'll, I'll send you a yes or no. Okay, yeah. It's just J-O-H-N dot B as in boy, A-R. C H A R D as in dog at yahoo.com. Okay. That's that's crazy. That's funny. Yeah. That is. Yeah. yeah. She um she works on this farm up in Maine. And, oh, uh, it is in Maine. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've only seen it in passing because of like on Instagram stories and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. That's and then I'm funny. like, wait a minute. I was like, I know that name. It's a great name. It <laughs> is. That's funny. So that's, she lives uh, I've never been up to Maine, but um what does she do there? She is actually, she ran an organic farm for like five years down here. Oh my God. See, now I have to meet your daughter. Yeah, I was I, just going to say. Oh, oh that's my yeah. world. <laughs> I have two daughters and one lives in Chad's Ford, Shay. And she actually lives on the Kerner farm. You know, the, the Wyeth, the whole story with the yeah. Wyeth painting on. That's where she lives. Oh, wow. And, um. Shay lives up in Maine. Her boyfriend is an ornithologist. I think I'm saying that right. What's that? I don't even know what that is. Up these, yeah. um, <laughs> he puts up these towers that track bird migration. <gasps> oh, so oh, that's cool. so cool. And there's, a, there's I think it's MOTUS, M-O-T-U-S, where you can see the actual migrate. It's really cool. So that that's what, sounds awesome. really cool. That's yeah. what took me to Maine. Yeah. He has a grant up there to do that. And we're going up in a month to um, bring their cat back. Because their cat's been stuck here. Is that the one I just saw walking across the table <laughs> uh, no, earlier? That, did you see one? That was yeah. George. That was George. That was yeah. I love uh, cats and animals, so I always pick up on that. It's all crawling through there in the corner. But that's really cool. That's really, really cool. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to have to research that on the root farm. Yeah. Good stuff. That's cool. Yeah, and if she's got any tips, I mean, that's... Uh... That's my next goal. Still, is to, I was just uh, looking up at their their thing. They just started on like a one and a half acre back lot until it filled out and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's really cool. It's pretty impressive. Oh, I would just... love to have my own organic farm. Yeah. Oh my god, I'd be in heaven. Yeah, yeah. When Chelsea plays, just a little tip on Ch- Chelsea plays music too, and XPN actually played her yesterday. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Was that the she's first been, time? Like just no, yesterday? She's been played a bunch. Right. She's, yeah. she's so good. She's, That's really cool. That's awesome. What's yeah. her name? What's uh, our Chelsea Sue Allen? 
Is that what she plays under? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna check her out. And um, she's like her grandfather. She's too humble. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if awesome. she wants her music played, tell her to send it down. I got plenty of places for it. If she's cool with that. <laughs> wow, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, we'll have to have a musical episode. We'll bring all the hockey families on and bring all oh, the right. music. And we'll we're just having have... a big jam in, in yeah. Long Beach Island. <laughs> we'll yeah, have organic food there. Songs, you know? Yes. Yeah. There's that song back in the day. Remember that the album? Um, and they had a song about, all, like, they had a Bobby Clark song. They had one about my dad that said it was Bernie. Instead of Benny and the Jets, it was Bernie and the Nets. Oh, I do. Remember that I... old album that they had? I had to we, find we that. We had it because there was one. My dad was on it too, and I think his song was in the right place, but at the wrong time or something. Like, that. <laughs> like I'm telling you, I remember the album. It's at the right place. I gotta yeah. find that Each album. Each guy had a song. Yeah. That's great. Oh, and funny. of course, there was Chelsea's penalty box. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't Baby, remember. how long are you oh, gonna yeah, be yeah. in the penalty box? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Awesome. Oh, right. It was so great to uh, have you on and connect. And I hope to, now that things are opening up, maybe we can all connect in person one day. That would be fabulous. Thank you, guys. Yeah. It was great, great meeting you after all these years. Yes. But, yeah, no. You it was too. awesome talking to you. Look forward to meeting you in the, in the future. Yeah, and we'll have to uh, wrangle Ray in, too. Get Ray. Yeah, yeah you got to get Ray in there. Yeah. yeah. Before he gets... Another big job. I know. We got to get him now. Get him while he's idle. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's still under contract. He's not. He's not too worried. He's. I heard that. I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Yeah. Have a a great summer. You too. You too. All right. Bye bye. He was caught up to the red wheel. The season that they won With Gordy and Del Vecchio They beat the great Canadians Then we moved to Philly And Dad became a king When his flies won the cup against Boston And man, we thought the time was endless When Mom and Dad were young When older cars were driven When old golden age to live in